Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. .thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. We're launching a new sermon series for the month of May. Uh, We're going to be in the 34th Psalm the entire month. Psalm number 34, this entire month of May. And uh, this sermon series is entitled, Unstoppable Worship. Unstoppable Worship. That's what we want. We want unstoppable worship. Today we're going to launch the first sermon, seri- first sermon in this series. So turn with me to Psalm 34, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 34, verses 1 and 2. And this will help us to launch this uh, sermon series. Here's what we find in Psalm 34, verses 1 and 2. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk from the thought, praise God anyway. Praise God anyway. Praise God anyway. We also welcome and bless God for all of you who are on the conference call today. We bless God for you. And again, today's message is entitled, Praise God Anyway. The unstoppable worshiper is very passionate about God. They are inseparable from him and fully committed to his purpose for their lives. They are relentless in becoming and accomplishing all he has ordained. Their lives are consistently a resounding yes to the will and the way of God. Unstoppable worshipers are not distracted by their life disruptions or successes that have so easily pulled so many away from God. Unstoppable worshipers, y'all, they struggle, but they survive adversity and emerge advanced in their strength, wisdom, and emotional well-being. They manipulate their troubles into cocoons from which they emerge transformed. They crawl in, but they fly out. Come what may, they are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. David David of the Old Testament was such a worshiper. David was an unstoppable worshiper. And there is a story behind this 34th Psalm. And we understand that David, at the time that he's written this Psalm, he is running for his life. He's running away from King Saul. And he has just fled from the village of a king by the name of Achish. There were some who were trying to persuade Achish to embrace David. And David uh, feared that Achish would turn him over to King Saul. And so he, he acted as if he lost his mind. He started foaming at the mouth and doing crazy things. And Achish, Achish said, listen, I have enough crazy men in my kingdom. I don't need any more. And David was dismissed as he runs for his life. As he literally runs for his life away from King Saul, who earlier had hurled a javelin at David while they sat to eat. David took off running for his life. David pins the words to this psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
It is believed that while David is sheltered in place in a cave, he pens these words to this psalm. David, I need all of you, everyone to hear this. David, when he penned the words, I will bless the Lord at all times, David is probably somewhere between the ages of 25 to 30 years old. He's a young adult. If he was a part of Union Grove, he'd be a part of our Flavor Young Adult Ministry. Somewhere around 25 to, somewhere between 25 and 30 years old, running for his life, sheltered in place in a cave. He can't call his mama. He can't call his daddy. He can't call his brothers. He can't text his homies. He's out of work. He had risen up the ranks in the military, but now that he's running for his life, he's out of work. He has no income. He doesn't know where his next meal will come from he hasn't been married that long he's married king saul's daughter michael or michelle and so david and michelle are together but david doesn't know if he'll ever see michael or michelle again he's running for his life anointed but destined and destined to become king of israel and he has a bright future ahead of him long before saul started running after david david had been anointed to succeed saul David has promise on his life. David has destiny in his view, but he's running as if he's being hunted like a wild dog. If David can just hang in there, there's such a bright future in store for David. David right now as he hides in this cave is looking at a new normal. His life is never going to be the same. Not even now is his life like it has been. When he comes out of this situation, his life will have a new normal. This may sound familiar to you. It certainly sounds familiar to me. So many of us are in the same situation where we are already dealing with a new normal. Looking at the other side of this pandemic as embracing a new normal. Some of you, some of you, I'm praying for you, but I know some of you are out of work. Some of you are wondering where your next meal may come from. Some of you have a bright future. In fact, I would declare all of you have a bright future ahead of you if you could just hang in there. David, as he deals with all of these realities, pins the words of our text today. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. His worship is unstoppable. He will praise God anyway. His life is disrupted, but his worship, his faithfulness to God, his passion for God has a never-ending flow. What would David share with us who are sheltered in place? Even though the stores and certain places have, have resumed operation, many of us are still sheltered in place. What would David share with those of us who are out of work? What would David share with those of us who desire to be unstoppable worshipers? David would say, praise God anyway. So we may ask, all right, David, uh, give us some pointers. Number one, David would say, praise God because he is God, period. Praise God. If you want to be unstoppable, if you want to praise God anyway, praise God because he is God, 
period. I'm in verse number one. The very first part of verse number one, David says, I will bless the Lord. Let's just pause right there. I will bless the Lord. David has a resolve to bless the Lord. He didn't say, I feel like blessing the Lord. He didn't say like Shirley Caesar's song of old, I feel, I feel like praising him. David just has a resolve. I'm going to praise him regardless. I will praise him because he is God. This His praise is not based on his feelings. He simply has a resolve to bless the Lord Jehovah. So the first thing I think we need to establish, y'all, is that the main reason worshipers ought praise God should be simply because he is worthy. God is to be praised first and foremost simply because he is God and worthy of the praise. Praise is not a coping mechanism. David is not saying that he will praise God as a means of coping with his life disruptance. No, David David is saying that he's going to bless the Lord simply because he is the Lord. Is anybody praying with me? Now, it, it is just what worshipers do. It reminds me of Bishop William Murphy III's song, Praise is What I Do. Even when I'm going through, I've learned to worship you. Though my circumstance doesn't even stand a chance my praise outweighs the bad I vow to praise you through the good and the bad I'll praise you whether happy or sad I'll praise you in all that I go through because praise is what I do so praise God y'all because he is God he is still worthy of the praise because he is still sovereign he is still holy. He is still loving. He is still righteous. He is still slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He is still God. He is still compassionate. He is still faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is who he is regardless of what we go through. When God sent Moses to Egypt, Mo Moses asked him, if they ask me who sent me to them, what should I tell them? God said, tell them I am sent them to, sent you to them I am who I am he 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 is always am he ain't never am praise him for his amness praise him because he am good he am gracious I am generous I am merciful he is the one who is self self-existent self-sufficient he doesn't need air to breathe he doesn't need water to drink he doesn't need food to eat in order to exist he am simply because he am and we all praise him because of his amness makes him worthy of our praise. He am omniscient. He is. He am omnipresent. He is. I am omnipotent. He is. I am omnibenevolent, which means he is all giving. Praise comes from, praise ought come from that place where we know that God is who he says he is and he's therefore worthy of our praise. Is anybody praying with me today? And let me encourage you to consider this. Consider this, that our praise comes from an appraisal. It, 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 it comes from an appraisal, a value judgment. In other words, we estimate, we make an estimation, an estimation of what God, what God's presence in our lives is worth to us. 
We make an estimation. We give it a value assessment of his presence in our lives. We can never estimate the value of God. He is inestimable. Look at it this way. What if, what if there was no God? What if there was no sovereign creator? What if there was no holy, holy creator behind all of what we see? There would be nothing without him. Without him, there is nothing. And with him, with him, all things are possible. Is anybody praying with me today? So what is it worth to you? What is it worth to you to be in covenant relationship with this almighty, good, gracious, holy God? Look at what he does. Look at who he is. And, and look at what he does. Now listen, listen. What God does for us, what God does for us is worthy of him being praised. We, we can praise God for what he does, but that's secondary. That's secondary. That's like, that, that's like, uh, is, is what, what God does for us, it has a seat on the praise bus, but what drives the praise bus is who God is. That's first and foremost. So don't let what you're going through take away your praise from God. Don't let what you're experiencing right now detract you and pull you away from your praise for God. Praising God for what he has done or will do is in order. But again, it must take the back seat. And some of us have to admit that sometimes when God does not do what we wished he would have done, it can cause us to back away from God. And my encouragement to you is not to back away from God, but draw closer to God and praise him for who he is, period. The unstoppable worship will do that. They will praise God anyway. So if you're going through, if you're going to be an unstoppable worshiper, praise God for who he is. Second thing David would challenge us to consider is, is to give God what belongs to him. If you're going to praise God anyway, listen, give God what belongs to him. I'm still in verse number one. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Watch this. His praise. Let's pause right there. His praise. Pause right there. David says, this praise that I have, it belongs to God. He, he's the one who's worthy of it. He's the one who deserves it. It is his praise. That word praise is the, is the Hebrew word tehillah, which means adoration. It means thanksgiving. It is something that can be done privately, but it is also a thanksgiving that can be rendered in a public celebration. Is anybody praying with me today? Uh, too often we focus. We focus on what we can get from God. God. David is focused on what God can get from him, his praise. And this pandemic ought make all of us examine what we have withheld from God. We may have withheld his praise, his tithe, his offering, serving his people, seeking his kingdom, refuse to withhold from God what is rightfully his. The praise belongs to him. Tell God, my hallelujah belongs to you. All of the glory belongs to you. You deserve it. All the honor, all the glory, all the praise, you deserve it. Amen. You, des you deserve it. This is your praise. You deserve it. And I want to point out, I want to point out something that at this, at this point in David's life, at this point in David's life, y'all, if we are honest, as he hides in this cave, unemployed, not knowing where his next meal will come from, David doesn't have much to give God. He doesn't have much to offer God, but yet and still he's going to give God what he can. 
if all I hear David saying, if 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 all I have left is my praise, God is going to get that. So I want to encourage someone who may feel as if you're down to nothing. You may feel as though there's nothing left. Everything has been taken away from you. But if you still have God's praise, give God, give God what you have left. Give him his praise. And let's be honest, y'all. Let's be honest. So many of us have made our lives and even our worship all about how it can benefit us. Uh, he, he, listen, listen, we look for churches that meet our needs. We, we look for churches that can, that can do something for our kids. We wonder what they can do for our marriages. We, we, we join so that we can get benevolence. We can get help with our rent and help with our problems. And ministry ought to do those things. Ministry ought to offer something for children, for, for youth, for, for even our senior adults, for our marriages. Ministry ought to meet the needs of everyday people. But if all you're looking for from ministry or even from God is how it can meet your needs, Rather than, rather than you looking for how you can give what God has given you to offer, your worship is lopsided. Your worship is one is one sided. Bless his holy name. Let's make one thing crystal clear. Let's make one thing crystal clear. God owes us nothing. There are some who stray away from God when they feel as if their situation is not working out the way they deserve. Can you imagine David saying as good as I've been to God, God is allowing me to be in this cave after all I've done for Saul and the people of God. I am hiding in a cave. Can you imagine David talking as if he deserved better than the situation he's going through? If the truth is told, some of us don't have to imagine. Some of us talk like that when we're complaining to, to our brothers and sisters, when we're complaining to other folk. We complain as if God owes us better. We're complaining as if God owes us a, a better situation than what we're facing. But I'm here to tell you, listen, God doesn't owe me anything. After all God has already done for me, God owes me nothing, nothing. And when we consider all he's given us in Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our Deliverer, our Redeemer, and soon coming King, how could we ever fix our minds to think God owes us anything? And let me drop this in your spirit. The same thing that Paul told the Romans, I want to tell you today that since God did not even spare his own son but gave him up for us all won't he also give us everything else but I would not move forward with a sense of entitlement if I were you I would not I would not distance myself from God as if I'm practicing some sort of social distancing from him or, or spiritual distancing from him. No, I, rather I encourage you to draw nigh to God. Get closer to God and give him what belongs to him. He owes us nothing and he is not obligated to do a thing for us. Pledge today that you're going to give God what belongs to him. Come out of this season more faithful in giving God whatever he so rightly deserves from you. And if you don't believe he deserves anything else, he at least deserves you telling him thank
thank you. Maybe right now you need to pay your debt and just tell God, thank you. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for the shelter you've given me. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for washing my sins away. Thank you for being a present help in my time of trouble. Thank you for hearing me when I call on your name. Thank you for walking with me. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you for reminding me that I am your very own. I believe everybody who's breathing owes God some thank you. I believe everyone who's breathing without the help of a ventilator owes God some thank you. Give God what belongs to him. If David were to give us some pointers today, David would tell us, listen, you can be an unstoppable worshiper if you would praise God anyway. Praise him for who he is. Give him what belongs to him. But thirdly, thirdly, David would tell us, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Yeah, I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Watch, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. I'm still, I'm still in verse number one. I'm still in verse number one. Uh, David says, his praise shall continually, continually be in my mouth. David, David, uh, what you got in your mouth? David says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. How many of y'all remember, remember if, you, if you grew up in church? You grew up in church and you remember when you were in church and you had, you had some gum in your mouth during, during worship and that usher would come right to you and extend that hand. You knew what to do. They wouldn't even have to say anything. You, you, knew, what, you knew what to do. Uh, some, you, they, just, they knew you had something in your mouth that you had no business having in there. How about, how about at the house? How about at the house? Uh, you, you knew you weren't supposed to have the candy. You knew you weren't supposed to eat that cookie or that cupcake or whatever. Your parent told you you're going to ruin your appetite. We about to eat. Don't eat it. So you snuck and you grabbed it anyway. And they asked you, did, did, did you eat what I told you not to eat? Crumbs all around your mouth. Yeah, crumbs and residue all around your mouth, and you'd be lying, telling them, you can't even open your mouth. Yeah, what, what you got in your mouth? What, what do you have in your mouth? That's what David would ask us today. What, what do you have in your mouth? If I were you, I would choose praise. Because whatever is in your mouth is there by your choice. Whatever comes out of your mouth is, is you're, you're saying what you're choosing to say. David says, listen. Listen, I choose to have his praise in my mouth, in my mouth, in my mouth. If I were you, I would watch my mouth. Can I tell you why? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. The Bible declares that the power of death and life is in the tongue. Your language, listen to me, your language impacts your life. Your language can bring death or life to hope to vision, to joy. Speak what keeps hope and vision and joy alive. Speak what empowers you to believe God for better and envision yourself winning. Talk like you're going to win. David said God's praise would constantly be in his mouth. He resolved to talk like he was going to win. And you and I are to do the same. Talk like you're going to win. There's power in your tongue. There's power in your tongue. Watch your mouth. Here's what James would tell you and me. In James chapter 3, verse 2, the latter part of verse 2, James says, If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect or mature and could also control ourselves in every other way. There's so much power in your mouth. So much power in your mouth. Maybe in this season, you and I need to exercise more discipline in what we're saying. Your language impacts your life. And David doesn't waste time. In this psalm, as you read this psalm, David doesn't waste a whole lot of time talking about Saul. 
David isn't spending a whole lot of time talking about his enemies or his haters. As a matter of fact, David in this psalm spends most of his time talking about the Lord. David shows us he has a Lord language. And that's the kind of language the people of God ought to have even when we're going through or even uh, especially when we're going through. Uh, we ought to have a Lord language. He recognizes who is Lord and what the Lord does. Can, can we do the biker shuffle through Psalm 34 real quick? Watch, watch how much David talks about the Lord. And you see this in so many other Psalms of David. We saw it a couple of weeks ago in Psalm number 27. But here in Psalm 34, David has a Lord language. He, he exercises discipline watch how much he talks about the Lord in verse 1 I will bless the Lord verse 2 my soul shall make her boast in the Lord verse 3 oh magnify the Lord with me verse 4 I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears verse 6 Verse 6, the, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Verse 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse 9, oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The latter part of verse 10, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Verse 11, come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Drop down to verse number verse number 15 verse 15 says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous verse 16 the face of the Lord is against them that do evil verse 17 the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivereth him out of them all and then verse 22 the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants and None of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Watch your mouth. Stop complaining about what your enemies and your haters are doing. Speak a Lord language. What is the Lord doing? I, my heart aches for you if you're out of work right now. But what, what is the Lord doing? And let me say this. This is my opinion. If I could just drop it right here. If you still have income in this season, the last thing you need to be doing is complaining about anything. Thing. If you still have shelter in this season, just this is my opinion, the last thing you need to be doing is complaining about anything if the Lord is keeping you alive if the Lord has blessed you with income if the Lord is keeping a roof over your head if the Lord is keeping you in good health the last thing you and I need to be doing is complaining about anything else watch your mouth let praise fill your mouth let praise come forth from your mouth stop worrying stop worrying and stop complaining stop talking as if you're helpless stop talking as if you're hopeless you are not helpless you are not hopeless the Lord shall fight for you the Lord shall hear you when you call upon his name talk about what the Lord is going to do because the Lord can handle your haters the Lord can handle your bills the Lord can handle your employment situation the Lord hears you when you cry in the midst of your struggles the Lord is sovereign the Lord is your shepherd the Lord is your healer the Lord is able to give us beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness there will never be a situation where you can find yourself in that the Lord cannot handle speak as if you're looking for the Lord to move on your behalf and keep it moving somebody ought to type in there ought to holler I'm gonna watch my mouth 
If you're going to be an unstoppable worshiper, praise God anyway. Praise him because he is God. Give him what belongs to him. Watch your mouth. And then fourth thing I want to tell you is let your soul glow. Let, let, your, let your soul glow. Let, let your soul glow. Let your soul glow. That's, that's the fourth thing that David would tell us. I'm in verse number two. David says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. My soul, my soul, the, the very essence of me, my life, my mind, who I am, my will, my desires, my emotion, my soul, the seat of my appetites, the, the activity of my will, the, the activity of my character. David says, my soul, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. And I believe it's worth noting, y'all, that after all that David has gone through, and even as we look at and consider what David is enduring right now, his soul is not damaged. His soul is not damaged. You know why? You know why some of those people on your job are so crazy? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes those crazy people on your job are really manifesting damaged souls. You know why some of those people are on your timeline and in your Twitter feed, your Twitter feed are so, are so crazy and say some, some, I'm just going to say it, some dumb stuff? Sometimes it's because their souls their souls have been damaged. They have unresolved, unaddressed un, uh, damage in their souls, in their mind, in their psyche, in their imagination, in their will, in their mind. Yeah, yeah but David talks as if, he talks as if his soul is not damaged. King Saul has been chasing David like Elmer Fudd hunting Bugs Bunny, but it has not damaged his soul. David, when you consider everything David is going through, David should be somewhere uh, dealing with PTSD. He should be so traumatized that he wouldn't be writing the words that he writes for us today. But nevertheless, David is saying that his soul is not damaged. He, he should be dealing with some serious mental health, mental health issues as if he's Andre Lyon or somebody. But David is saying his soul is glowing. His hair should be falling out, but his soul is glowing. He should be having nightmares every night, but his soul his soul is glowing. Uh, he's not looking for any weed. He's not looking for any hen. He's not looking for any yak to help him cope. His soul does not appear to be damaged. If it was, if it was, I would understand. Because you can love God, follow God, and, and live for God and still end up with some damages to your soul, to your will, to your heart. Bless his holy name. Nevertheless, David, his soul glows with a readiness to boast in the Lord. This word boast in the Hebrew is the word halal. Halal, halal. It, it means to shine. It means, it means glory. It means, it means to shine of God's favor. Uh, it means to flash forth light. David says, listen, listen. Everything I've gone through, all, all, of, the, all of the unfair treatment I've had to endure and yet endure, I'm still shining forth the light of the favor of God from the depth of my being. Yeah, David says, listen, I'm going to let my soul glow. And David anticipates coming out of this situation uh, with a story to tell. Yeah, he says, I'm going to share this with the humble. They'll be glad when I tell them my testimony. And you too can emerge from this storm better than you were when you went in. Romans 5, chapter, chapter, chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 tells the people of God, the disciples of Jesus, 
that we can go through what would traumatize others and actually come out better. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us, in, help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character, character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. It kind of reminds me, y'all, of my car. I, I would take it to a car wash. Uh, some of you may have subscriptions uh, to the Tidal Wave Car Wash. Great, great company, great car wash, uh, great, great concept where you subscribe and pay a monthly fee. You can get your car washed as many times as you want. You drive it through and the brushes and the, and the jet propelled water and all of that comes on your car, cleans your car. But after a couple of times, I noticed my car was getting scratched where, where the paint was removed. And so I went to the, the, the owner, the manager, and he said, listen, we'll make it right. You go to any collision shop anywhere in town and whatever it takes, we're going to make it right. We're going to make it right. So I went to different collision shops around Warner Robins and uh, they gave me estimates but there's one there's one particular collision shop she whipped out some paint she whipped out some paint and some primer and the, the, sc the scratch was up under the passenger side of the front bumper so you really couldn't see it unless you were going to go looking for it and me washing my car the way I wash it and dry it and everything I saw it I, I knew it was there some of you know what I'm talking about you know it's there it's got to get fixed right so this this one person at this one collision place that she whips out the primer and the paint she showed me here's how you can touch this up now if I were you I wouldn't even drive your the car like this through a car wash like that but here here's something that can touch it up she put the paint on it touched it up, it was good to go, good to go. But for a season, I stopped driving my car through the Tidal Wave car wash. I got it hand-washed, hand-washed. But listen, I would pay for one hand-washing what it would cost me a month of free washings. After, after about five or six months, y'all, at about five or six months, I was right back at Tidal Wave. I said, listen, you know, you willing to make it right? As long as you keep messing the car up, you're going to make it right? But uh, although the car was scarred, it didn't keep me from ever getting it washed ever again. Just because it got scarred didn't keep me from going back to the place where it got scarred because the owner said, I'll make it right. And some of you have been scarred. You've gone through situations and you've been scarred. So you resolved, I'll never get married again. I'll never trust men again. I'll never trust women again. I don't, I'll never have any friends again. Watch this. Some of you got scarred at church. And you resolved, I ain't going to nobody's church ever again. Let me encourage you today. Just because you got scarred at one church does not mean you'll get scarred at any church. But the good news is that when we do get scarred and we do go through situations where we get scarred, God has the touch-up paint of his grace, the touch-up paint of his love, the touch-up paint of his mercy, and God can strengthen you and renew your resolve, give you a whole new mindset, make you tougher, increase your endurance and, your, and intensify your capacity for pain. I wonder how many of y'all streaming, how many of y'all who are under the sound of my voice can testify that you're, you're, you're a lot tougher now than you were. Not, not harsh and mean to people. But you can take stuff now where years ago you'd been tripping over some of the things people said to you. You'd been tripping over some of the things people said about you or had done to you. But now, you, psh, child, I ain't nothing. I've been through worse than that child. That, that ain't nothing. God has brought me through so much. I've dealt with people like that before. That, 
child ain't nothing. David says, listen, God can bring you through some situations where you may, you may be scarred, but you can still shine. The very essence of who you are, you can still, you can still shine. David is saying, David is saying, listen, Listen, he, 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 he's going through and he's saying that, that my, my soul, my soul still glows. And David says, I love this. He says, uh, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Ooh, I don't think you got it. I don't think you, I, let, me, let me break it down. I don't think you got it. David says, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. David says, y'all, y'all, this, this thing that, that I went through with Saul, the devil didn't realize it. But the whole time the devil was harassing me and trying to take me out, he was just giving me one more thing to testify about. He was just giving me one more testimony. And I believe somebody needs to hear that today, that the very thing you're going through right now, the very thing you're enduring right now the devil is trying to take you out but little does he know that as you seek the Lord as you as, as you bless the Lord at all times as you keep his praise in your mouth he's simply giving you one more thing that you're going to testify about and you can come out of this not being traumatized and listen you can come out of this where your soul is not permanently damaged you're not anchored in anxiety or baptized in bitterness or drenched in depression or trapped in traumatization you can come out of this saying it is well with my soul it is well with my soul I've kept you long enough one more thing and we're done one more thing and we're done listen I pray that all of us will move forward with unstoppable worship where we will praise God anyway if you're going to praise God anyway, you got to praise him because he is God. You got to give him what belongs to him. You got to watch your mouth. You've got to let your soul glow. And finally, don't praise God by yourself. Don't praise God by yourself. Again, David says in the latter part of verse two, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. David says, I don't want to praise the Lord by myself. I don't want to praise him all alone. He wants the humble, the needy, the meek, the poor, the afflicted, people who may be in just as bad of a condition of, uh, that he's in or even worse. David says, I want them to hear of what God has done for me. And I want them, I want them to be glad. David doesn't want to praise God by himself. He wants to praise God in community. He wants to boast in the Lord. Watch this. He wants it, he wants it to happen so that he can help other folk to be made glad. That's what that, that's what that word means when he says, they shall, they shall be glad. He says, they shall be made glad. They, they shall be made glad glad I, I i want to share my testimony so that it can help to make other people glad I, I i want god to use david says when i come out of this when i come out of this right here i want to share my testimony in a way where god uses it to bless folk and it makes them glad they may not be glad before i tell them all that he's done for me but when they hear what god has done for me i pray that it makes them glad that's what he's saying he wants to make other folk glad he he wants to spread gladness as he shares what the Lord has done for him. This gives us some insight as to where David may be emotionally. David is saying, listen, Saul has no reason to try and destroy David, but he's doing it anyway. And you would think David would be emotionally damaged from something like this, yet he envisions making others glad. Perhaps it would be therapeutic for him to do so, or maybe he knew there would be some people who could attest firsthand of God's goodness. Watch this, please hear me, but still have to combat depression, anxiety, and sadness. Maybe David knew he could help folks like me and maybe some of you who have to fight to be glad. 
You look at how good God has been to you, but you still, you got to fight to be glad. I wish I had some company somewhere who was up to some people who knows what it's like where you got to fight to be glad. You just got to fight. God has been good to you, but you've got to fight to be glad. We need people like David. We need people like David who could come into our space and tell us of the good things God has done for them and help to make us glad. We need some saints, y'all, to spread gladness. That's what we need. We, we, there are so many people battling anxiety, depression, despair, loneliness, and hopelessness. We need some people with a testimony to spread some gladness. Spread gladness like it's a virus. Get close enough. Get within six feet of someone's sadness and someone's hopelessness and spread some gladness their way. Share, their, share your testimony so they will know that the same God who blessed you you can bless them spread some gladness let me tell you what it can do spreading gladness can combat some of this other stuff we see spreading throughout america hate is spreading stupidity is spreading fake news is spreading political hostility is spreading domestic violence is on the rise there seems to be a negativity virus on social media i want to be a part of a glad community where people are happy people are going through but they're glad suffering but they're glad you can't see you can't tell that they're going through just by being around them the only way you would know that they're that they're enduring some suffering is if they opened up their mouth and told you listen i need to be around some glad folk misery loves company but sometimes i just need to be around some glad folk and david says he wants to be a part of a glad community he wants his soul to glow and make others glad and i'm sure david could benefit himself from being part of such a community saul doesn't celebrate him his dad, Jesse, reluctantly brought him before Samuel as possibly being God's choice to succeed Saul as king of Israel. You can imagine Jesse, David's daddy, saying, David, God's choice to be the next king of Israel. And sometimes it hurts when the people who matter most in your life don't celebrate with you. Sometimes we can be destroyed when there's no one to celebrate with us or no one to celebrate what God has done for us. One thing this pandemic and being sheltered in place ought show us is how much we need to belong to a community of like-minded people of faith who can rejoice with us, rejoice with us when we rejoice. I pray, I pray y'all, that the body of Christ emerges from this pandemic where, where we improve at celebrating God's goodness to others in the body of Christ. So listen, to be an unstoppable worshiper, who, to be an unstoppable worshiper, we've got to be able to hear of how God is blessing somebody else and praise God anyway. Even if you're still waiting on God to bless you with what your brother or sister just got, praise God anyway. He may have opened a door for them while you're still waiting on him to open a door for you, but praise God anyway. He may have made a way for them while you're still waiting on him to make a way for you, praise God anyway. Don't be the type of person who only praises God when when someone else gets blessed with something that you've already been blessed with or is not as good as what God has blessed you with. Praise God anyway. Praise him anyway. I'm done, y'all. I'm finished. I just want to encourage you to praise God anyway. I know it hurts. I know you're suffering. I know, I know some of us are really going through in this pandemic. Praise God 
anyway. I know you may like you may be like David, where you you may be saying, but I gave them the best years of my life. I, I was nothing but good to them. I was nothing but gracious and kind to them. And this is how they treat me. This is what they say about me. This is what they do to me. My encouragement to you, praise God anyway. Don't you know that we serve in any way kind of God? He's a kind of God who who does some stuff anyway. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, transgressed in the Garden of Eden, and sin came into the world, God showed him mercy anyway. When man has fallen from God, God, there was no one else who could redeem us. God took on human flesh and came to earth anyway. We didn't deserve, we didn't deserve Jesus hanging, bleeding, and dying on that cross, but he did it anyway. Satan thought he had Jesus down. He thought that he had all mankind done when Jesus laid in that grave. But early Sunday morning, God raised Jesus from the grave for you and for me. He did it. He did it anyway. And I'm going to testify first. If no one else can, let me testify. I should have died in my sins. I should have died. I should have died in my sins. God should not have spared me and allowed me to live long enough. To confess Jesus as my Savior and give him my life. But God spared me anyway. Saved me anyway. I should have been dead a long time ago, but he's keeping me anyway. He hears us anyway. He's blessing us anyway. Can you praise him anyway? Let's do that. Praise God anyway. Praise him for who he is. Give him what belongs to him. Watch your mouth. Let your soul glow and refuse to praise God by yourself. And I believe God will manifest himself in your life as strength and grace and make you unstoppable. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, Please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.